0: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 14 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures.
1: Welcome to the Family Travel Podcast, where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip, travel, caravanning and camping, product reviews, where to stay, what to do
0: and so much more.
1: Thanks for joining us.
0: We've got a rip it this week. We road trip to Bundaberg. We share our story on meeting the RV water solution guy. Our Starlink cable has a fight with a ride on mower. We experience an unexpected road hazard that reminds us that you never know what's around the corner And we stop for a cuppa in Childers and finally in the newsroom, it's raining fish
1: It's raining fish,
0: hallelujah Hallelujah. (laughs) Unbelievable story, but we'll get to that in a little bit
1: Talk about a mixed bag of information and cool things to talk about in this week's podcast. I don't think we've ever quite had an intro like that before.
0: (laughs) No, that's right. No, look, we've got lots to share. Now, we're going to start with our story. We're going to take you back, oh, gee, almost 18 months. Yeah, gosh, it'd have to be. And we were coming down the west coast of Australia, up there in that stunning Ningaloo Coast, Cape Range National Park. And we are camping through that area, loving our time off grid. But with our setup back then, we didn't have the capacity to really manage our power or our water. Mm. And we put it out to the audience uh, on YouTube. You know, if you've got a water solution, let us know. Well, we fast forward six months. We come down through Perth, crossing the Nullarbor. We meet a family, a young couple with their two girls, Alan and Carolyn. And he goes, my God, it's the feel goods. (laughs) Remember that? I do remember that.
1: And in fact, that Nullarbor, it is just spectacular. And, you know, some will argue that it is a fairly boring, uneventful drive between South Australia and Western Australia or vice versa, depending on which way you're going. But it really is such an incredible part of our country. It is still so untouched. There are a few little remote roadhouses as you trek along that. I mean, how long is that stretch, Paul? It's long. It's a long way. And most people would do it in a couple of days. And that's exactly what we did. You know, one, to get across, we were making a beeline for the spirit of Taz to sail over to that beautiful little island state that we love so much. But the other reason is, is that, You need water, and there is nowhere on the Nullarbor to fill up with water. So, you kind of hightail it across, but in hindsight for us, I can't wait to go back and do the Nullarbor again. Anyways, we pulled into Penong.
0: You know, interestingly, the Nullarbor means plain with no trees. Mm. So, you've got plenty of... Power opportunity. Oh, if yeah. you've got the right setup. Yeah. But you're right, there is uh, little to no water fill points. So to really make the most particularly of that spectacular Australian bite.
1: Oh. Incredible. It is truly just amazing and the free camping down there is awesome.
0: If you could take a week, I think that would be incredible. Um you can actually play the world's longest golf course along the Nullarbor <laughs> as well.
1: And keep an eye out for the nymph.
0: Oh, the Nullarbor nymph. Mm-hmm. Now, that's another story.
1: Anyway, we're digressing. We rolled into Penong, a little town in South Australia, as you come across the Nullarbor. It was fairly late in the day. Penong is famous for windmills, there's a great little windmill museum just there. Mm-hmm. And as we pulled into this sweet little caravan park, and boy, it must have been. I don't know six thirty in the evening.
0: As an example, we had done seven hundred and eighty kilometers thereabouts travel that day, which is our record, uh, and not encouraged. But that was the reality of us getting across, yeah, you know, and just getting on with it and not really having the opportunity to enjoy that environment.
1: That's right. And we pulled in; it was still daylight. You know, thank goodness for those uh, later daylight hours down there. And we pulled up to this site next to this beautiful family who basically jumped out of their caravan and said, ah, as you said, the feel goods.
0: It was pretty cool because they had been following our journey and they had actually seen the episode where we put that out, that question, you know, water solution. How do you manage your water consumption or your transfer and be able to allow you to stay off grid for longer? and? That was one of the first things that Alan said to me. Hey, I'm an irrigation guy. I've been in water for 20 plus years. I've got this pump. Let me show you. And I'm like, hey, right, hang on. Let me set up camp. (laughs) The other thing that he jumped in and told us was that he and his young family, they've got
1: two beautiful little girls who get on with Jasper like a house on fire. Yeah. They took a week across the Nullarbor because they had their water sorted and they saw campers come and go and they camped and they had a brilliant time.
0: So good. And we were inspired by this story. He showed me a water transfer kit, a pump, submersible, 12-volt system that he had built. It was like, you know, his own DIY version. And he said, do you know what I've realised? After 18 months of doing the lap with my family is that this product needs to go to market because everyone that sees it says, oh, how'd you do that, mate? He's like, oh, well, I did this and this and went there and got that bit and and pieced this together and he thought, you know what, I'm going to actually start Adventure Pumps. Mm. Uh, He didn't have the name back then uh, but RV Water Solutions was born and and now we fast forward uh, after that conversation, I said, look, if – If that product is as good as you say it is and you can actually get it to market, stay in touch and we'll have a chat. And that's exactly what happened. So we've been testing it and really giving it our own, you know, usability and different scenes, you know, from what are the uses? What can you actually do with this thing? Does it actually work? How would we use it? How would other campers use it? And we are thrilled to say that we have partnered with Adventure Pumps, with Alan and Carolyn, to share this story but also share their products because they are absolute Aussie go-getters. And they're good people.
1: Yeah, they are. And you just took the words out of my mouth, Paul. There's nothing better than, you know, jumping in and collaborating with somebody who is just giving it a go, you know. And the amount of not only money, of course, that's a huge factor, but emotional well-being and energy and drive and passion that goes into these sorts of startups when somebody has that idea and then mm. that expertise and says, you know what, we're actually, we're going to do it. It's and amazing. they do whatever it takes to get it out there to market. We just, we love that. And we're really excited to be a part of that journey with them for that reason as well.
0: Yeah, look, and then, you know, what a bonus when you get a product and it actually does what it says it's going to do.
1: Well, it it has just been a total game changer for us in this new setup that, of course, is – so capable of keeping us off grid power-wise. You know, as you know, we we love saying we haven't plugged it in. We just have not plugged this van into power and we're so proud of that. And it just every day just amazes us that that is even possible, that we can live (laughs) our lifestyle through the power of the sun. And now to have the do you know what it is? It's the the ease. It's the ease that everything's there. It's done for you. It's in one neat little kit. You don't have to think about it. We just go out. The hardest thing that we have to do is find where we can get water. So, you know, you pull up Wikicamps, you look for your water fill points, take a drive down there, fill up your containers, and then the rest of it is an absolute breeze. And the Gosh, when I think back, Paul, Mm. over our years to some of the craziest moments that we've had when it comes to trying to refill our water tanks to stay somewhere longer, the siphoning that you have done, the Uh. spluttering that you have done, I'm Mm, sure there was lots of…
0: Sediment, let's call it. (laughs)
1: Not very good situations that we put ourselves in to try and, you know, stay, just let's stay one more night. We just need a little bit more water or, you know, sacrificing that and staying without the water. And we have done that as well. And that is not ideal either.
0: Oh, look, you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Swim in the ocean's as good as a shower.
1: Stinky boys.
0: <laughs> We're going through more. You know, baby wipes and normal, what's going on?
1: Yeah, look, do you know what else is a really positive factor of this is that we're really water conscious and and you become that way when you live in this tiny home-on-wheels lifestyle anyways Mm. and you're aware of every drop that you use. But now having access to be able to very quickly and easily refill our tanks, it means we don't have to really be scrupulous with the water Mm. that we're using. Is that the right word? Frugal. I was frugal. I was gonna say stingy, but I didn't think that sounded (laughs) too good. But you know, we don't have spray bottles of water that we use to wash our dishes, for example, or that we use when we're cleaning our teeth. We just use our water as we would normally Mm. in this RV lifestyle, which, of course, is a lot less than what you would if you're, you know, living in a bricks-and-mortar-style home. But we don't have to think of all of these funny little water-saving ways Mm. that lots of campers out there do.
0: Yeah, look, our consumption rate uh, would be – Anything from 30 to 35 litres per day. Uh, with our current setup, we could basically be off grid for a week, eight days at maybe just a little stretch, but that's being pretty comfortable. Still showering, a couple Doing of loads of washing. Yeah, a couple yeah. of loads of washing. You know, our eco wash there does 14 litres. On an eco wash, which is uh, I remarkable. Love my
1: washing machine, just quietly, it is such a good washing machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my! The teardrop, yeah. yes. And so, that's our consumption. What we've been able to do now with the water management, as in having the jerry cans and our water tank on the 79, means that we can. Almost double our time off grid if we were wanting to say somewhere. Power, tick, we've got that sort of mm-hmm. we can indefinitely stay. We haven't plugged in now for almost seven months. Incredible. Water, now, to be able to actually have that amount of water available to us over that period of time and using the Adventure Pump is an absolute game changer, as you said. So mm. just to really uh, get to, well, what are we talking about? It, it is a 12 volt submersible pump that allows you to connect to a power source through alligator clips on your battery in your vehicle whether that's you know the lithiums in the van or battery under the hood of your your 4x4 and power this submersible pump that you literally drop straight into the jerry can or water bladder or bucket of water or whatever it is uh, you can even use it as an inline pump mm. You know, if it's below the water source, it can, uh, for our use, pump our 40 litres straight out of the tank on the 79 mm-hmm. and straight into the tank on the caravan. No more heavy lifting of jerry cans. You can go from the water source where you've got it stationary in the vehicle, straight into your tanks. I love that. Uh, best of all for us to really direct you would be to go straight to the com au website and have a look at the product videos that we've uh, helped Alan to produce mm-hmm. to tell his story to talk about the products uh, the review that that I've just done on the YouTube show as well is is excellent I think because it is me genuinely <laughs> look at this you mm-hmm. know I mean we're just blown away by this and it's it, it's it's an exciting time isn't it when you when you're with a startup and you're seeing yep you know, this product actually... Add value to yeah. any type of camper so that they can, you know, what's their slogan? Go further, stay longer. Mm. It's exactly what it does.
1: Yeah, and you know what I'm excited about as well. It's not just a set and forget with Alan. I mean, he is a he's a water expert. He's been in the industry for so long. He uh, he talks to us sometimes, and I'm like, man, this is a different language you're talking <laughs> to me in. But this is really cool information. He's great. He was talking to Paul the other day and microns, and I was like, oh god, this is just too much. But I like listening. But what I'm excited about with with this journey for them too is that this is not just going to be a set and forget product. Being a new startup and being so hands-on with Alan, he's going to tweak these products as they need to, if they need to, over time and add new things in and, and, you know, it's an exciting journey for them to be going on and we're just excited to be part of that as well,
0: absolutely. And we will uh, also let you know we're happy to be able to. Uh, well, really, adventure pumps offer a ten percent discount oh, yes. code. So, <laughs> yeah, don't if you if you are actually in the market for a pump or well, you want to know more about this, watch mm. the videos, get yourself a pump. Uh, the ten percent code is feel good. It's all capital, one word. You put that in, you'll get a ten percent discount. There's also free shipping. How good uh, is that? You know, within Australia, it. It's awesome. Awesome product. We can vouch for it and, yeah, get out there. Go further, stay longer. Love it. All right. Now, so much to to really talk about in this episode. We're going to, first of all, start with our Starlink cable. What on earth happened there? Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, well, this is a um – A good reminder for us, you know, we don't have our Starlink fixed on the roof of our van. We do have it portable so that we can move it around as we need to. And and we really love having the ability to do that with that huge, long cord. It means that we can find the perfect campsite to pull the van up in, and then we can worry about the Starlink. Whereas I think if you had it fixed on on the roof of your RV, Mm. you'd really need to be taking that into account as you're pulling up so there'd be no parking under trees or you know, in the shade. We had our Starling Corn. We were headed out for the day and, well, actually, we were busy uploading uh, one of our episodes to Channel 31 and Channel 44 down there in Melbourne and Adelaide. And so we thought, oh, well, we'll net time. anybody out there knows what net time is, it's making use of that time by doing as many things as you can, obviously, keeping yourself sane in the process. But (laughs) we were headed out. Why not upload the episode and let it do its work while we're out? So, of course, our big, long Starlink cable was uh, running across the lawn of the beautiful hip camp property we were staying at. and. As we drove out, we waved to, gosh, we should have known. We waved to the owner of the property as he was on his ride on Mower doing all of the other campsites.
0: Yeah, Glenn was zipping around. He was flying on this thing. And uh, actually, the skid marks before he hit the cable were about a meter and a half long. So that gives you an idea of. Speed and trajectory, but anyway, he hit our cable. We were at the Yumundi Markets filming. He sent me a picture, an apology, and said, "Leave it with me." I said, "Look, we can chat about it when we when we catch up." And we were straight onto a couple of our contacts, and you know, even Kate even sent an email to Starlink saying, "Can you please send send one of yeah, these cables help. because we you know we we got to upload content." <laughs> yeah, and uh, look, in a, within a five hour period, we got back. Glenn's there, brand new cable
1: unbelievable like
0: it hadn't even gone missing yeah and he said no no I don't want any money for it I you know I'm old school you break something you fix it and you do it straight away and I was like mate you're pretty unique I have to say that is that yeah. is remarkable and he said no that's how I've lived my life and it's served me well and uh yeah again sorry for the you know mishap and I was like this is this is truly like a movie this doesn't you know true stories. You yeah, know. Yeah. Does this Amazing. really happen? Does this guy actually really exist? And that's exactly what happened. And not only that, he had it couriered from the Gold Coast to Maroochydore. He drove an hour and a half, picked it up, came back and boom there it was.
1: Yep, so awesome. And I love seeing all of the uh, the comments that came in on uh, the YouTube episode when we spoke about this story because there was lots of, oh what a great Legend. bloke he is. <laughs> and in fact when we uh, stopped at The next campground that we stayed at, which was the Kenilworth Rural Camping, and we were um, chatting with Shane, the owner down there, and we had a bit of a giggle with him about what had happened. He said, oh, Glenn, I know Glenn. He's (laughs) a great bloke. Yes, that sounds like him. So obviously renowned for that and just amazing. I love that you said in the episode, Paul, you know, like Starlink, super fast internet. Well, Glenn is now known as the super fast internet repair Cable repair man.
0: He's the cable guy. Yep, I love it. (laughs) So good. All right. So, yeah, so we we were literally back up and running without us not realising that we weren't running. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Now, we're leaving Puna, okay? Mm. We've got a quick trip there. We've seen Katie's mum and and Jasper's had some… Nanny Time, Nanny Noodle, as he calls her, which was really wonderful. And we've packed up, we've hitched up, we're driving back through what is a very large forestry. I mean, there would be hundreds of hectares of uh, forest that the Queensland Government operates and it's a reforestation, I guess they're you know, they able to harvest and then replant and mm. it's a sustainable forestry system, which is pretty impressive. As we're coming through uh, what is about a 35-minute drive into Meribah on our way up to Bundaberg, I should say. So all up we're looking at, oh, gosh, it would only be 230 kilometres, perfect drive day, about three hours yep. drive day plus a, a cup of tea stop in <laughs> Childers and – we're only five minutes out of Puna and a huge tract of land that has been cleared. Uh, it was so dry and so windy. It caused this dust storm that was blinding and mm. it was white blinding. So at first we thought it was smoke. Now we're traveling at 80 kilometers an hour mm. along a bitumen road that is primarily used for logging trucks. Mm. And then the general people that live and commute in the area and i uh, I got so blinded that I, I mean, I couldn't, not by the dust in my eyes, but by the, it was like driving into a white cloud.
1: Yeah, or a snowstorm, what I imagine that would be like as well, where everything, I mean, zero visibility. Zero visibility. I
0: I couldn't see anything. The one thing I could faintly see was the outside line on the bitumen, so Mm. the passenger side. And so I said to Katie, wind down the window, please keep your eye on the- on the line, basically, she she did that. She had her head sort of there looking at the line, uh, just trying to in- increase our visibility through her. Uh, hazard lights were straight on. We slowed down but didn't stop because I just saw it. I mean, there's trucks coming up behind us. Mm. There's trucks coming toward us. Like, you know, what do you do? Fortunately, we'd driven this road. Mm. Oh, gosh, without an exaggeration, a hundred times over, maybe more. More, I'd say hundreds. 20 20 years of of going back and forth through Mm. this region. Yeah, hundreds of times. So I knew that this stretch of road was straight, but it's really thin. And next minute we're coming through and it's completely white and we pass a car stopped Mm. on going the other direction and I just thought, oh my God, it, in my stomach I thought that is not going to end well, mm. you know. Now what do you do? You, uh, who knows, you mm. know. We slowed down um, but didn't stop. We had hazard lights on. I had my lights on, mm. the driving lights, um, and we just kept going. And to be honest, we I, I was just praying that it would be sweet and uh, very fortunately it was. Yeah, look, uh, it was
1: a really scary situation to find ourselves in and and I think… Paul you just again just went into almost like an auto automated response of okay slow down hazards on you know obviously we we had our lights on um window down and it did come and go fairly quickly but in those few minutes that we were dealing with this situation it it was a really scary situation to be in and there was zero visibility, you know, as Paul said, just this tiny, tiny, faint white line that we could sort of gauge with. And then, of course, we come out of it and and it's almost like nothing has happened. Crystal aside. clear,
0: blue day, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, aside from the, uh, the remnants of that dust that's now all over the windscreen and, and the vehicle. It was such a, a freak situation to find ourselves in And a really good reminder to us that, you know, when you are traveling, you've got to expect the unexpected. Like there is just so many Mm. variables in every single minute when you are traveling, whether that's around the country on four wheels like we are, or whether you're headed overseas for a a different cultural experience. There are so many variables that come into play every single minute of the day, Mm. I think you have to expect unexpected things. But, yeah, that that's certainly got our heartbeats uh, pumping.
0: It sure did. Mm. And very fortunately, you know, Jasper was a little freaked out. As, as you can imagine, you know, he's sitting in the back and he's totally out of control, you mm. know. It's in like, no, he, he can't do anything except just watch this white wall that we're going through. And uh, fortunately, you know, Katie was great, just calming him down, just saying, it's all right, Dad's got us, Let's, you know, just stay calm. and um, Because kids, you know, they can be – it could be pretty heightened for them if you're heightened. Mm. Um I could hear it in my voice. I was I was worried. My parents um you know about 35 years ago, uh, were involved in a five car accident uh, up in this region as well actually. But it was smoke. It was a farmer that was burning off and they were the third car that plowed into a group of cars that wow. had uh, had an accident due to zero visibility but from smoke. So I had this little niggly thing in the back of my head, I know, you know. Could this be our turn, you know? So, anyway, look, what's the point? What's the moral of this story? Uh, it, you, as you said, Katie, expect the unexpected, but, uh, you know, be be prepared as you can. There are things in your control. Mm. Worry about them. Things out of your control, you, you, you can't do anything about, you know. So, just um, stay calm, breathe, yeah. and, uh, you know. Yep. Just, You'll be right.
1: That's right. Go through the motions. And I think, um, you know, again, it's coming back to all of those fundamentals that we talk about so much, but travelling at a, a slow and steady, really safe speed and all of those things, making sure that your, your vehicles are within the legal limits, weight-wise, you know, all of those sorts of things yeah, point, contribute Katie. to keeping you safe on the road no and, matter what situation you find yourself in.
0: Yes, and any other furthering education that you can do around – towing and yep. weight distribution, first aid, do it. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's move on. We, we actually continue on driving then through Mariborough out to Childers. Now, there's a rest area out here at Childers, beautiful heritage old town, and there's a 48-hour stopover. You can actually camp here for free, uh, go and have a couple of meals at their heritage-listed pubs. There's showers across the road, mm-hmm. uh, great bathroom facilities. But we literally just pulled up for a cuppa and just uh, – a exhale, gather our our heads a little.
1: Yeah, it's a great spot here actually. We've pulled up here a number of times across the years on our toing and froing along this section of road and it is a great stop. There's also a a really lovely little children's playground. We've generally in the past just pulled up and and walked across over into the main street of town and grabbed some lunch or, as you said, Paul, have a cuppa. There is even a dump point here Mm. and it's free. Um, The train line does run adjacent To the RV stop, Uh, but certainly that wouldn't bother you. I'd say it'd be few and far between those trains coming through. But what they've done, I think, as far as the the council putting this in, and then there's a second area just across the road that's more like a a paddock uh, with allocated sites in it as opposed to the the more sort of car park style rest stop.
0: Yeah, it would be more comfortable, particularly for tent campers, swags. Mm. Uh, you know, if, you've, if you do have kids, you'd probably be better over in, in that side opposed to what is really a bitumened pull-through sites. Uh, if you get down the very northern end, though, there's a large kids' playground which you can reverse your van or your RV into. Mm. And so that'd be a good spot, that end as well.
1: Yeah. And if you're driving an EV, they've got EV charging points there too. So they've really thought of everything in this sweet little town. I love Childers. It is such a pretty little town and there's plenty of cafes and…
0: Pubs and bakeries. And There you go. Elon Musk, put it on your list. Come and charge your EV.
1: Yeah, in Childers.
0: (laughs) Childers. All right. There's a lot of history there too. We won't get into, but it it is worth a stop. And in fact, we will overnight there uh, through our travels because it's, yeah, it is a, a quaint little town, beautifully presented. Okay. So we're going to continue on now down the road. We've really only got about 45 minutes drive, 60 odd kilometers to Splitters Farm. It is a stunning property and It deserves its own time as far as the story around this property, what has been created by their owners, Ash and Carly Clark, uh, and their horde of kids. They're they're a family of seven with their five kids. And we will share that with you next Mm -hmm. week. Um, But look, we really rolled in there to what was the tail end of that property horrific cyclone that that really smashed into not only norfolk but in particular new zealand Mm. um so uh yeah for our listeners in new zealand and uh our viewers from youtube we're really sending you our our love and prayers and just hope that you're all okay because it's um it it just looks devastating what's happened Mm. over there uh we really Fortunately, missed it here in Australia. It kind of tracked east, but the tail land certainly uh, did bring with it uh, huge rain and and wind. And so the first couple of days for us there at Splitters were basically batting down the hatches and Mm. we even got the van Uh, into one of their large sheds because there was a massive hailstorm coming through. Mm. and So we were well looked after, but we will talk to you about that property next week.
1: Yeah, and what they've created there. It is just incredible. And as you say, Paul really deserves an
0: episode of its own. Yes, absolutely. And we're also going to share Lady Musgrave. It's like a David Attenborough film set.
1: Oh my gosh, just incredible. And I think one of the best, I mean, if you've been listening to us or watching us on YouTube, since the commencement of our travels, you know we love a good water experience. So, mm. any chance we can to get out on a boat and explore wherever we are, we jump at it. This, I think, is up there in our it's in top. in
0: Definitely in the top five. Three, five. Yeah. five. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Experiences. Just incredible. And- how amazing that we've got these places that are accessible to us just a few hours off our east coast and you can go out here in this pristine environment.
0: It's not the okay barrier reef, Katie.
1: No, that's right. It is the great for good reason.
0: All right. Let's get into the newsroom.
1: It's been a while since we've been in the newsroom, but, Yeah, doll. look,
0: at it it has, and that's just because we've just been rabbiting on about so much other stuff. But we will make sure that we include uh, more news articles. Now, this is probably the best leading question that I can ask you, Katie. What is an ichthyologist?
1: I have no idea. I don't even know if I can pronounce what you just said.
0: All right. Well, let me tell you the story first, okay? If you could go out to the edge of the Central Australian Tanami Desert, one of the driest, harshest environments, hottest environments on earth. hmm Okay. There's a little Aboriginal community in township there called Lajamanu. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this week they had a rainstorm event come through, which is unusual in itself. Yes. And it rained fish. <laughs> okay. Now, not just any fish. All right. They were spangled perch. Now, if you could get your your two fingers and go from the tip of your thumb down to the end of your your two pointer finger, you know, and your index mm-hmm. fingers together, that's about the size of these fish. They vary. Tasty
1: little morsels. Well,
0: definitely, you know, get the Weber cranked, and uh, you're in for a good fresh fish meal. The remarkable thing about this story, okay, is that it's true. Is that it's true? <laughs> It is not the first time, okay, but the weather experts believe that these fish were sucked up from rivers and streams by unusual updrafts. Wow. Like mini tornadoes, just if you could picture that, and carried 300 kilometres and then dumped in this township, you know, flapping, still alive.
1: Incredible. Okay, held
0: in this cloud. And hitting the roofs and flapping and even where the rain was, they were still alive in the puddles. The Aboriginal kids were running around with little jars, filling up with water, putting their fish in it.
1: It is just even hard to imagine how that's even possible, for one, how they can even find themselves up in the air. And two, that they can still be coming down, living, breathing,
0: I just find it one of the most Ripley's Believe It or Not stories I've ever heard, you know. Now, this has happened in other parts of the world as well. I remember as a kid hearing about this happening over in like North Carolina or something in America. And I might have even seen it in a Ripley's Believe It or Not story. But anyway, I hadn't heard of it in Australia. Now, back to our ichthyologist, Mm. which is a scientist that studies fish. There you go. Okay. I don't reckon that there's many jobs going in this area, <laughs> but there are these these roles out there. I reckon wow. once you're an ichthyologist, you're an ichthyologist for Alive. life. Right. Yeah, studying ichthyology. Now, the, the comment from the, the Queensland Museum where, where one of these ichthyologists are said, look, it's it's really just a common fish. Yeah, it, uh, it actually not only caught a spangled perch, it's called a spangled. Bangled grunter. Yeah, grunting for 300 kilometres.
1: It is just (laughs) unbelievable.
0: It is. It's a freshwater fish, a common freshwater fish. There you go.
1: Just incredible. I mean, the mind boggles truly how amazing and what a sight that would have been. I mean, I'm sure that there would have been children out there seeing rain for the first time, let alone fish falling from the sky.
0: One of the elders uh, who was... Really responding to questions from the ABC News reporter uh, And that's where I got this story from uh, The Australian um, Broadcasting Corporation, um, Corporation, ABC Said that when he was asked, you know, what what was your first thought? He said, I just thank the Lord uh, That this had been uh, a blessing for our community Mm. That this was given to us And it's a a sign that we're being blessed Mm. Isn't that Beautiful.
1: amazing? Yeah, absolutely incredible. One of the, the wackiest stories I think we've had in the newsroom.
0: Absolutely. So, look, as a, you know, takeaway, which yeah. we also haven't done for a little while. <laughs> yes. Um, travel with potatoes because you never know when it's going to rain fish. Fresh fish and chips out in the outback. I mean. Oh, I love it. I have a rule that basically anything that's a cl- 100 kilometres or further from the, the coast of Australia do not buy seafood.
1: Yeah, and look, I have to say, you've broken that rule a number of times. And (laughs) most times, it reiterates the reason you've got the rule in place (laughs) in the first time. But remember when we were at Rolston, we were on our way to Carnarvon Gorge, and you broke your rule. I mean, we were in the driest, dustiest part of, you know, outback Outback, Queensland that we'd been in to date. It was
0: episode six, and uh, I think from memory. And or, or thereabouts, and we would, we were, yeah, going on to what would end up being one of our our best adventures that we've ever done, mm-hmm. which was Carnarvon Gorge. Yeah. And yeah, and we stopped and they had a Barra Burger, Barramundi Burger. And it was a golf Barramundi, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, an inland Barramundi. It was a Ralston special. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm suck it in. And it was fantastic.
1: Mm. Yeah, one of the best you've had. So, there you go. Rules. Generally. Some rules are meant to be broken sometimes. Generally
0: don't. Unless it's raining fish, you've got potatoes, you can have fish and chips out in the Tanami. Love it.
1: What an absolutely incredible story.
0: All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, now, next week, as I mentioned, we have got Splitter's Farm. We'll hear about that uh, amazing story mm. of turning a dream into not only a reality, but uh, an enterprise, a success oh. story like, you know… you blow your mind absolute benchmark as far as camping and opportunity and what you can create Uh, that's with Ash and Carly and we'll also as we mentioned bring Lady Musgrave
1: brilliant well Uh, we hope you have a fantastic week thanks for joining us again
0: yes we'll leave it there dream big look after yourself look after your family
1: and happy trails